The desert is a starkly beautiful yet severe place to be. This is true both literally and metaphorically when we face arid and dry times in our lives. The wilderness has a prominent place in the Bible. It's the place where most of the foundational pieces of scripture were written. When God led his people out of Egyptian slavery, he didn't bring them immediately into the land flowing with milk and honey. There was work to be done, a people to be formed, a culture to be created, an identity to be bestowed. And for this work, God chose the wilderness. In the wilderness, God parted the Red Sea for his people to cross over, destroying the armies of their previous masters in the process. In the wilderness, he gave the Ten Commandments. In the heat of the desert, God melted away the identity of slavery and established a new one, God's chosen people. In the wilderness, the Torah was written. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. In the merciless and unforgiving terrain of the desert, God provided for his people. When there was literally no other way for them to survive, God supplied what they needed. In the wilderness, God instructed a tabernacle to be created, one in which he would meet with them personally, one that would stay among them wherever they went and at the center of all they did. In the wilderness, the people thrashed about, in one moment longing to return to slavery, in another casting a golden calf and worshiping it. And then there was God fathering them allowing them to reap the harvest of their choices, waiting for them to settle into the fact that he was sovereign and he had chosen them. From the desert, the people decided they couldn't conquer the promised land. And for another generation, they wandered. They stayed there a lot longer than they had to. But the day finally came. They crossed the Jordan River and entered their destiny. Everyone wants the promised land, but what we often fail to realize is that it is in the desert that we are being formed. It is the struggle of the wilderness that gives us the appreciation for where God is leading our lives. It is often the struggle forward that allows us to savor the triumph. May we embrace the seasons we spend in the desert. They are forming us into who we are. Chosen. Hey there. Uh, we are back here for another episode of Converge Takeout. Hey, from that intro video, you probably could tell that what we're going to do um, for this episode is really talk about, we've been talking about Paul, we're going to talk about wilderness. We'll, we'll connect those two ideas together here in a minute. But um, the if you get a sense of what the wilderness might be from that video, we're going to kind of unpack that here in this episode. So speaking of wilderness, I've got a friend who likes to ride his motorcycle 
and spend a week in Joshua Tree National Park. If you don't know what that is, it's out in the middle of the desert, the backside of California, between California, Nevada, Arizona, and that whole area. And uh, he just loves it, man. He spends time out there, and he loves the, the hot and the warm and the, well, the, the, the hot, not the warm so much, right? And uh, me, not so much, right? For me, that's not wilderness. That's like hell, literally. <laughs> that's what I think of. My wilderness is more about like hiking in the desolation wilderness near Lake Tahoe or backpacking in the emigrant wilderness right above Yosemite. For others, I know wilderness means nature. Like going to the park is being in the wilderness or if I can't see houses anymore, I think I'm in the wilderness or anywhere I see chipmunks and mosquitoes, that's the wilderness. Others, well, Wilderness is, can I get eaten by a bear, right? We all have these different ideas of wilderness. So let me define for you what, as we talk about wilderness from a biblical perspective and, and, and how we meet Jesus and know Jesus in the wilderness. Uh, what is this idea of wilderness? Well, the word wilderness actually derives from the notion of wildness and wild places. It's, it's somewhere where we don't have control. So it, it, it's, it's like subject to the control of the wild, right? The word is derived from an old English term, and it means the place of wild animals, a place where nature is left to find its own path, have its own effect on us. It's uninhabited, uncultivated, isolated, and very inhospitable. That's wilderness. It's actually a physical location in the scripture and it's a metaphor, a metaphor for seasons of our life. And that's the tough news. We all have seasons of our life that are wilderness, that are uncultivated, inhospitable, dangerous even maybe. It's seasons of adversity and challenge, difficulty, stress. Times when like in our life, where we feel like we have no more control. We've lost authority. Any kind of fame or notoriety or recognition we had is, is been injured or hampered. We feel like, like where's, the, where's the success? And maybe the success is behind me and there's nothing left. Wilderness is, that, is a really disoriented time. We struggle in wilderness with who we are and what we're doing and who we're doing it with. That's a wilderness season for us. How do I know if it's a wilderness? Well, we probably have a lot of the same feelings as others who experience wilderness. That means it's times where we feel alone and abandoned. We're, we're questioning. We feel a loss of support. We become into survival mode because we're in a dangerous place. We get anxious and afraid. There's a sense of loss. We get tempted to quit. We get tempted to, to cope in, in unhealthy ways. And we get tempted to just like turn around. How do I get out of this thing? How do I exit? Because we don't like wilderness seasons when it seems like my life has just taken a wrong turn, feels like I'm, that nothing is working in life. It's not what I wanted. It's not fun. That's a wilderness. If you feel defeated or discouraged, disoriented or depressed, you might be in a wilderness. Those are often words that are used to describe these seasons of life. What brings us there? Well, sometimes it's financial. We lose a job. 
we, we lose a, you know, our career uh, for, for one reason or another. Can't, maybe it's an accident. Uh, maybe it's age, you know, uh, maybe a particular career we, ha- career we had is just no longer viable. Like people who used to make buggy whips when the car came along, right? I mean, I know it's an old thing, but that's like, you know, you don't got a job no more. They're not, they're not doing that anymore. Um, sometimes it's all, all about family. We are struggling with a marriage or, or, or we've just gotten divorced or, We've really gotten out of sorts with our kids or something and, and our family. Uh, it could be maybe a parent is really, really ill or sick or going through a really hard time or we're going really hard time like health, bad health and health issues really can take us into a wilderness season. Um, it could be a time where we're struggling with our faith. We're, we're just not feeling it. We're not sensing it. We're not seeing it. Who is God anyway? Right. And that can move us into a wilderness season. You know what I'm talking about? I think we've all experienced these times where, well, it's kind of like how I'm dressed, right? Right now, I just, I don't want to get dressed. I just want to wear comfy clothing. I just want to eat ice cream. I just want, you know, if even that, I I just don't feel like being me, that discouraged, disoriented, de- depressed, defeated time. It's when, when we find ourselves in this wilderness, then we start asking some really hard questions like, where is Jesus here? Right? This doesn't feel like it's victory. This doesn't feel like um, everything's going the way that, that, that the Bible says I should, right? Proverbs tells me I do all this right stuff and all this blessing should happen. And sometimes I do the right stuff and I wind up in a wilderness. Why am I here? Right? We ask ourselves, well, what's the point? And of course, more importantly, is there light at the end of the tunnel, man? Will I ever get out of this thing, this wilderness season? Well, let's pray, and then we'll go on. God, I just know that we all have these moments of wilderness. We struggle with them. We engage them more than once in our life. I know I'm just feeling like I'm just starting to kind of come out of a wilderness of my own. And it's been rough, years rough. But Jesus, there's always something in there that was good news. Several things that were good news that I could hang on to and grab on to. And and that's the message I want us to hear today, that good news. May we hear the good news of knowing you in the wilderness. Amen. Well, there is good news about a wilderness. There is great news, actually. Because as much as we feel down and discouraged, the great news is that the wilderness is actually an opportunity for us. It holds a lot of opportunity for growth and maturity, like God is working something really good in us. And that's what we want to talk about today. So I want to, I want to kind of unpack that idea and talk about that. And we'll put that in context of Paul, because that's who our series is about. And we'll get to that. But the first thing I want you to know about wilderness is that God leads us to the wilderness and in the wilderness. God leads us to it and in it. Sometimes we feel like we don't know how we got there. But many times it was it was the nudging of God because there's something that God wants or Jesus wants us to do in the wilderness that helps us know him more. That's, that's what this whole series is about, right? God intentionally leads us, walks with us into the wilderness. He doesn't stop paying attention or let go of us. It's not like we hit the edge of the wilderness and he goes, oh, all right, I'm out. Well, hey, good luck to you. If you make it to the other side, 
If you, if you make it to the other side, that, that would be great. But, but he doesn't stop paying attention or let go. No, no. Or, or it's not a divine timeout, right? It's not like godly detention or, or, or God's prison. <laughs> this wilderness is not a punishment. I know it feels horrible, but it's not about that. It's really about guiding us out of something old so he could prepare us for something new. Wilderness is always transitional. Hey, that's good news, right? Wilderness, when we can know Jesus in wilderness, wilderness is a transitional idea. Now, now that's great. That means I can embrace this idea. Isaiah put it this way, and, and Dustin's talked about this uh, verse for, for the last several years. He brings it up a bunch, and I want to bring it up again. In Isaiah 43, verse 19, God is saying to his people, those who follow him, behold, I am doing a new thing. Uh, get that right? I am doing something new. We're transitioning into something new. Something new is out ahead. Now it springs forth. Do you not see it yet? Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Why? So that we can get to that something new. He's up to something in the wilderness that's going to be amazing for us if we're willing to embrace it and know God there. Let me give you some examples. Abraham was called by God into the wilderness. He, he said in, in Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3, right? Leave where you are and go with me. Trust me that you can follow me to a place that I'm not even going to tell you what it is yet. And you will be blessed. In fact, the world will be blessed through your obedience. Abraham was called by God to leave the known, his family, his, his, his home, his father, uh, to a place that was unknown by the blessing. Moses, he got into the wilderness because he escaped to a place of safety, right? He had killed an Egyptian in a misguided effort to help his Hebrews get out of slavery and to end the, 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 the scourge that they were under with Pharaoh. But because he had done it in his own way, God was enabled him to escape to that place of wilderness so that he could grow and he could be safe for a while. The Hebrew children, right, just years later, when Moses came back, he exited them out of Egypt and led them out of slavery toward a promised land. But they spent years and years, decades in a wilderness. David went into a wilderness to hide from Saul pre before his becoming king because Saul was out to kill him. Elijah fled from Ahab and especially Jezebel um, as he went into the wilderness and that was before he was able to pick a successor. See, there's, there's all these transitional points. Jesus, he was led of the spirit, the Bible says in the gospels, into the wilderness before his ministry was launched. And then Paul, he had a time of learning and reshaping before he was be able to become a missionary. Lots of Bible examples of this thing that we're talking about today, where people have gone from one place into a wilderness as a transitionary time before the God just launched something amazing in their life. And that wilderness time is where we see Jesus. Because, you know, you see, it's not just for those Bible characters. It's the same for us, right? Jesus, the good shepherd, 
takes us into the wilderness. He guides us there as though preparing us. It's a way of teaching us, informing us. But he doesn't just lead us there. God is with us. 23rd Psalm. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that wilderness space, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is with us and he is present. He is not only taking us to the wilderness so we can transition, but he's walking through it with us. I know it feels like he's not there. They call that the dark night of the soul, right? That, that, that term tries to explain the question of like, God, where are you in this thing? When I am at my lowest, when I'm feeling like nothing's, when I feel like life has, has done me wrong, but God is right there all the time, even if we can't feel him. Deuteronomy, let, let's look at some, some, some ideas from Moses here. Deuteronomy 2.7. It's, it's a, Deuteronomy is a series of messages from Moses to the nation of Israel right before that next generation enters the promised land, right? They were transitioning through the wilderness to the land of promise that God had given Abraham 400 and some odd years, 450 years or more earlier. And Deuteronomy 2.7, Moses says these words, For the Lord your God has blessed you, has been with you, has provided for you in all the work of your hands, everything you're doing. He knows you're going through this great wilderness. These 40 years, your God has been with you and you have lacked nothing. He has parted the waters. He has turned toxic waters to good. He has given them ravens to eat. He has given them manna to eat. He has led them all the way through. He has been with you and you've lacked nothing. Let's go back to some of our biblical examples so you can see how that is. Abraham had many visitations from others, um, including, the Bible says, visitations from the Lord, where the, he thought they were just humans, but they were really God being present with Abraham in his journey. And we see a lot of conversations between Abraham and God's emissaries or Abraham and God himself as Abraham is trying to figure out, God, where do you want me and how do I do this? How about Moses, the one who right, was, was in the wilderness himself? How did he know God was with him? Well, when he was with the children of Israel, leading them towards the promised land, he had a space called the Tent of Meeting. And the Bible says regularly he would go and he would meet with God there. And it became apparent he met with God there because he would come out of this tent all glowy and shiny and like, like the Shekinah, the glory of God was on him. And uh, Moses would frequently meet with God in the wilderness. The Hebrew children had the tabernacle there in the wilderness where they could meet with God. He guided them with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night but he would be with them as they built the tabernacle in his presence, expressly for his presence, to be in the middle of their community. David, he had the favor of others in the wilderness. They protected him, they fed him, they helped him. All of that was amazing. David knew God was with him and that he could trust God, and he did. I, I wish I could go through all the stories with you in great detail, but I want you to get a sense of how many stories there are with the same theme, the same idea, the same message. A couple more. Elijah in the wilderness. God was there helping him, feeding him, providing for him, um, talking to him, especially at the end where he heard a still small voice of instruction. Paul, 
he had an experience with Jesus. We'll get to that in great detail. Just put a pin in that for half a second. And then Jesus himself was in the wilderness and he was fed by the Spirit and he was helped by the Spirit because he had just gotten baptized, right? And God opens the heavens and says to Jesus, you are my beloved son and who am I well pleased. And the, the Holy Spirit descends on him as in the form of a dove. And here, Spirit led, it said the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And I believe Jesus learned obedience in the wilderness as he transitioned towards his ministry. If you're in a wilderness season, man, so I, I'll statistically, I bet there's just some that are. When you find yourself in a wilderness season, you are there by design. You are not alone. And man, let the challenge of the wilderness drive you to Jesus because good things are ahead. He's transitioning you to more of his goodness. Well, let's move off onto our second idea here. And that is that God reveals himself in wilderness. Like, it's just not like he, he takes you there and he's going to see you through it and you're going to get to the other side, but you're going to learn more about God. This is our whole idea that in these wilderness times, we will get to know Jesus more. We will get to know Jesus better if we want to. He reveals himself to us for that very purpose. Let's go back to our, our biblical examples. Abraham, through the Lord's visit, Abraham saw the goodness and the faithfulness of the Lord to bring promises about time and time again where Abraham saw his goodness and Abraham's trust increased and increased and increased and increased. He went from this guy who, who went out on a shoestring of faith into the wilderness with his family and says yes to God in chapter 12. And by the time his life ends, he is this man of incredible trust because the Lord, he saw God he, God revealed himself to him and Abraham said, I can trust this God. Moses, how did God reveal him to in the middle of the backside of the desert? Through a burning bush. Man, not just the tent of meeting, but there was this burning bush that was his key pivotal moment. He had been in the uh, wilderness shepherding sheep for 40 years and then God sends a burning bush and talks to him and says, man, it's time to put on your leadership hat and lead my children out of Egypt. Elijah, he had all these provisions and miracles. And like I said, there was this still small voice as God says, Elijah, you're not the only prophet. I know you think you're alone. I know you think you're the only guy, but it's not true. I got you. And I've even picked out a successor for you. I know you've been working hard and faced a lot, but you've been faithful and I've got you. It was in the wilderness that Paul was taught by Jesus. Let me read through that because that's kind of our, our, our uh, theme for our series has been Paul. And Paul, how did Paul get to know Jesus, right? Because when we first met Paul, who was Saul, several messages ago, uh, you know, several weeks ago, Saul was not a great guy. I mean, he did not like the church and he had no respect for Jesus, didn't believe him at all. And, 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 and yet he tells us that he actually... To become a, became an apostle because Jesus himself taught him. Well, he never followed Jesus like the other apostles. So what are we talking about here? And in Galatians chapter 1, as he just starts this letter to this church in Galatia, he gives us some insights as to how he had a wilderness experience that changed how he knew Jesus. 
Let me read through that because we can learn a lot from that right now. It starts out in verse 11, says this, Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. It's not just something I thought up of, sounds really, really good. In fact, he says, verse 12, I received my message from no human source. It's not like one of the other disciples came and, and said, okay, well, let me tell you about the life of Jesus that you didn't get to experience. He says, no one taught me. Instead, here we go, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. 13, you know what it was like, what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, you know, strictly, exclusively, without Jesus. He says how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy him. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. That's that place where God was going to take him from. Knowing God, but never knowing God, right? And then verse 15, he says, but even before I was born, God chose me. God chose you, right? Going away from the verse here, God chose you before you were even born to be a follower, to know Jesus in such depth that it makes a difference in your world and the world around you. It says, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me. See that revelation idea again? So that I would proclaim the good news to Jesus to the Gentiles. God's intention for us in wilderness is a purpose for us in a wilderness and beyond the wilderness. That's the good news. That's what I'm telling you. There is something that God has in store. For Paul, he says, it was to go to the Gentiles, the non-Jews of the world, and tell them the greatness of Jesus. And that was a huge job, man. And uh, there is a purpose. It's probably not Paul's. Paul had his own purpose <laughs> after his wilderness experience. What's yours? What's mine? Going on, he says, when this happened, Paul said, I did not rush out to consult with any human, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before me, right? Peter, James, John. He says, I went away into Arabia. What is that? that that's Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Arabia, a desert, a wilderness area. And later I returned to the city of Damascus. Three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter and stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declared before God that what I am writing to you is not a lie. After that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Cilicia. And still the churches in Christ that are in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was what people were saying, that the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy and they praised God because of me. Paul gives us this small glimpse in this passage that he had a protracted time in a wilderness experience where he got to know Jesus personally. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we want to know. That's what we're saying, that he has these years of a wilderness season, and Paul's vision of Jesus in that wilderness season refocused and he saw Jesus differently because he used to see Jesus as a threat. Now he sees Jesus as Lord, his Lord, and Lord of all, Jews and Gentiles alike. And he saw Jesus differently as Jesus revealed himself. He got to know Christ. And that's why he considers himself an apostle. Getting to know Jesus in adversity is one of the best places to know him because we are desperate 
We are thirsty. Our hearts are open. We're in a wild place. And without him, we see ourselves crashing. We're in survival mode. And it's like, I need you, Jesus. And we're able to put our attention on Jesus because of that. There's nothing like hardship to reveal us to ourselves and reveal Jesus to us. In our brokenness, we can find out who Jesus really is. Who is this Jesus that we're finding out? He is the closest friend. He is the one who is there in all that we have to go through. Proverbs 18.24, this is from the Amplified Version. It says, the man of too many friends, chosen indiscriminately, will be broken in pieces and come to ruin. But there is a true loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. Who is that alluding to? Jesus. He's that friend and will reveal himself as that friend in our wilderness seasons. That's what Paul found out. And that's what we can do too. If you are in a wilderness season, man, when you find yourself in a wilderness season, ready yourself for revelation. What do we do? We get our eyes off of our circumstances. We take our focus off ourselves, and we just find moments to focus on him. And we do three things. We listen. And we lean in and we learn, right? If we go back through the, all those stories, I won't take time to do it now, but if you go through all those examples that we're going through today of Abraham and David and Elijah and the children of Israel and Jesus and Paul you're, and Moses, you're going to see the, these patterns of listening, watching, leaning in and learning are, are how they learned to see the revelation, to see more of God, to know God in the wilderness. Let's go on to number three. The third, the third thing that we get in the wilderness is, is that the, the third idea is that the wilderness is never, ever meant to harm you. God's not going to take you to a place that's meant to harm you. It's meant to transform you. It's meant to form you. Again, going back into these sermons of Deuteronomy, this is how Moses put it to the Israelites. He said in Deuteronomy 8.2, Remember the whole journey on which the Lord your God led you these 40 years in the wilderness in order to humble you and to test you. That's like Jesus, right? He was tested too in the wilderness. In order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. And then going down to Deuteronomy 8, 15 to 16, he said, he led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions to humble and test you so that in the end, it might go well with you. In other words, you would be blessed. There is something good on the other side. There's something amazing there that we want to get to. There is purpose in the wilderness to get us someplace. Remember a couple of weeks ago when Dustin was talking about the journey of sanctification. That's the purpose of wilderness, to help us take huge steps in that idea of becoming different, sanctifying us towards becoming more like Jesus. The wilderness is a place of preparation, not permanence. We don't get stuck there. We don't have to stay there. Let God guide us through it. He doesn't intend to park us in the desert in these horrible places of our lives. He uses them to develop us and prepare us for the places where he's leading us. Man, that is such good news. That is a good, good God. That is a wonderful Jesus there, right? Because my life will be better because of it. 
This is a pattern seen over and over in the Bible, right? As we've been unveiling it, God led the Israelites into the wilderness to make them a nation. That's kind of our intro video to give them his law and to show them how to worship and prepare them for the promised land. God led Jesus into the wilderness where he fasted and prayed for 40 days and was tempted all before his public ministry to, to subdue his human side into obedience to his father. And Paul spent three hidden and quiet years in the desert, hardly even could talk about it before any of his missionary journeys took place. Now, this forming, this refocusing on Jesus and this transformation that happens inside in the wilderness, it does some things for us. The first one is that the wilderness tests us so that we emerge with a new resolve. Man, we, we're, we come out the other side, we are obedient and we're prepared. It's like we're on fire, we're like, yeah, and amen, and let's do this thing. I got this, because of what I just went through, <laughs> I can walk through, I can walk through anything. Bring on the fiery furnace, say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Bring on the lions, says Daniel, as we look at some Old Testament ideas. I can do this. Abraham, what, did, what new resolve did he come with to obey and trust God no matter what he was asked to do? And he did. When he was asked to even sacrifice his only son, he said yes willingly, even though God's dead. No, 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 you don't have to do that. I'll do that later. <laughs> you don't do that. But he was willing to obey. The Hebrew children chose to follow God into the promised land and commit to him as they moved out of the wilderness. David said in the wilderness, let God's will be done first. He had two opportunities to kill Saul who was trying to kill him. He said, no, 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 that's not for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God to transition me towards my kingship and not do it on my own. Elijah, who wanted to commit suicide in the middle of this the wilderness and said, I, I'm done. I, I, can't, I can't go on. Found a way to keep on serving and even find a successor. Of course, oh Jesus, those 40 days prepared him for three and a half years of kingdom ministry and then his sacrifice on a cross. Something else that it does, number two, is that the wilderness transforms us so that we emerge with a new identity. That's that formational part that we're talking about. See, it's not just about knowing the Good Shepherd and following Him in the wilderness seasons, but letting the experience with Jesus in the wilderness change us and shape us. We become different ourselves. So like Abram said to Abraham, I will make you into the father of nations, Abraham. Through all the world will be blessed through that. Moses became a national leader. The Hebrews became God's covenant people. David became a king. Jesus, the Messiah, and Paul, an apostle. There is something for you on the other side of this. If we allow those wilderness times to dig us into knowing Jesus more, coming out the other side, will we, we will, you and I, be formed to do something amazing for the kingdom. I wonder what that would be. Third, the wilderness teaches us so we emerge with a new direction. Could be a new ministry. Maybe it's new life choices, new ways of living. For Abraham, there was a land of promise. For Moses, there was leading the Hebrews out of Egypt with honor. For Elijah, he found his successor and retired. For Hebrews, there was the promised land. For Paul, there was being a missionary. There's a new direction ahead of us. The wilderness changes us. It always will. With Jesus, we never exit the wilderness the same as we go into it. And that is such good news. Well, to wrap our time up here, God intends it to go well with us. 
I'm, tell, I'm here to tell you, <laughs> though we're tempted to kick against the wilderness, hate it, loathe it, despise it, be scared of it, we can trust that God has led us there and will provide for us there. We can hold strong, have faith, and look to him and know Jesus more because he will reveal himself in ways we never know in any other circumstance, in any other way, and he will use the wilderness to test us and prepare us for the end that he's already got in mind. So anchor your faith in these truths when you're in the wilderness. And maybe that's where you are today. Embrace it. Find Jesus there and let the work happen. The test, the transformation, and the teaching. And then embrace the blessing on the other side. Hmm. Find Jesus in the adversity of life. You'll never regret it. It will revolutionize everything. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the tough times, the tough seasons, the hard ones. And may we never want to shy away, back away, run away, but find you in the middle of those. Because we know that as we do, that you intend those to do such amazing things in us. And I want that. And I God, I pray that we all want to pursue that. And for anyone in a wilderness season, as they listen to this uh, Converge Takeout, I pray that, that something in their spirit will be sparked and they'll get excited and enthused about the goodness of God right in the middle of what they're working through right now today. In your precious name we pray it. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.